Alright, so we back. Pad Daily Hot Takes. Like I said, you know, you, you, you never know when you're gonna be getting these. Um right now it is actually it's actually Thursday. So this is the this technically should be the Pavy Daily Hot Take for June thirteenth, but it's gonna be the June twelfth one because I just got home and my day don't end until I go to sleep. So again, I was enjoying my life. Um Yeah. I kind of spoke on it, uh, you know, yesterday. I did my past daily hot takes, and I talked about uh, you know, the West being wide open now because of KD's injury. First of all, prayers up to KD. Uh, he, for, for those of you guys that don't know, he put out a post today, um, saying that he just got surgery on his Achilles. His Achilles is officially ruptured and torn. Um, so yeah, prayers up for Kevin Durant. Uh, like I said, one of you know, um, like I said on hoops and rules, probably the first. Great basketball player of my generation. Um, LeBron's a little bit before me. Uh, so Kevin Durant's probably the first great basketball player of my generation, like I said. Um, so, yeah, man, prayers up for Kevin Durant. Um, I hope you come back strong. And, um, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. I saw his mom on Good Morning America today. Uh, you know, she probably, I mean, she probably knew he was having surgery today, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, she knew she he was having a son, her damn son. Um, but yeah, and what she said was super interesting. She was like, she, um, when they asked her, you know, like, is it is it anybody's fault? Like, is it the Warriors' fault? I thought she would immediately, you know, shut it down. Like, no, my son wanted to play. Like, no, you know, she actually just said, like, I don't know who to place blame on yet. I'm still waiting on evidence. Um, well, she didn't say the place blame on part, but she did say I'm still waiting on evidence, um, which is very interesting to me. Um, so moving on from that, you know, um, when I saw that happen, like I said yesterday, but I think the West is wide open. And again, I think the team that benefits most is the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, like, again, all year for the Lakers has been about, well, since LeBron signed with the Lakers, it's been about how are you going to beat the Warriors? How are you going to beat the Warriors? You know, like you were never really concerned about any other team. You felt that with LeBron being here, as long as he had a decent team, he could beat anybody else. Even I felt, you know, if LeBron gets into the playoffs this year, I felt that the only team that maybe, you know, he might have trouble with is a team like Utah. I thought Utah would be an issue. I thought a team like Memphis would be an issue. Obviously, Memphis wasn't too good. But, you know, I thought a team like Utah, like a defensive team, I thought they could beat the Rockets. I thought they could beat the Portland. I thought they could beat the Nuggets. But not he could beat, but the Lakers as a whole. Um, you know, I thought that – I thought the young Cole was nice. I thought they could need time to grow and play with each other. Um, I think a lot of – you know, everybody said, oh, the Lakers sucked this year. I don't think they sucked. I don't think Magic and Rob signed a bad team. I think the team that they signed got hurt. Um, remember, you got to think about it, man, like – you never, for for the most part, I think the only time that you saw the team that Magic and Rob actually assembled on the court together was Christmas. And you still didn't even see it in full because JaVale had pneumonia that day. Um, you come in, you you know, you coming into the season, Lonzo hurt. Right. Okay, cool. So Lonzo hurt. Then you coming out the bench to start the season. All right. Whatever. Two games into the season, uh, there's the Ingram and uh, Rondo fight. So Ingram going for four games. I think what not. I think Ingram's going for uh, two, uh, Rondo four. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's how it was. Excuse the uh, text ring. I'm sorry about that. But again, this is real life. Literally, I just got back home from a night out. Well, not a night out, but a day out. It's actually uh, like I said, twelve fifteen right now. But anyway, um, back to what I'm saying. Uh, so you know, 
they got they got suspended from the Chris Paul fight. Um, then Brandon Ingram comes back, sprains his ankle. He's out for two weeks. All right. Then I think after that, Rondo comes back. And I think they – who was out after that? I think JaVale got pneumonia after that, right? Then Michael Beasley, God bless him. His mom died, so he's gone after that. Then Christmas time comes. I think everybody links back up again. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think anybody had any real injuries after that. I think they was together for a second. Then Christmas comes. Rondo breaks his hand, if I'm not mistaken, and Bron gets a groin injury. So now Bron and Rondo are out. JaVale's still out at this point in time, too, because he has pneumonia. Then uh, 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 they're, they're out for a second. Then Kuzma's ailing. Then uh, Beasley gets traded. Braun comes back. Well, Braun came back for beat. Regardless, like they did, they never had the team that Magic and Rob signed. Basically, never played with each other, right? So when it comes to the young guys, I was like, you know what? I don't think they're bad. I love Ingram. I love Kuzma. I love Lonzo. Um, you know, I I I had the famous Steph Lonzo tweet. I still mean what I said in theory. That wasn't even saying that you know Steph's gonna like Lonzo's gonna have a better NBA legacy than Steph. My thing is just I think it's really hard to build around smaller guards. You don't see it happen often. Building around a smaller guard is the hardest way to a championship. I mean, you got to think within the past 40 years, you've seen it happen twice. You've seen Steph Curry do it, and you've seen Isaiah Thomas do it. I think that with smaller guards, for the most part, um, they can't be the best player on your team if you want to see sustained success. You can build a team around them, but I think that when it comes down to main primary scoring option, you need somebody bigger, or you need somebody bigger to be the best player on the team because they just can't take the physical challenge every night to do everything in spite of if they need to do it. For instance, like Steph can't lead a series in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, every single category like Bron did in 2016. You know, sometimes that's what you might have to do to win a series. I don't think he can do that. So I think Lonzo is that type of player. I think Lonzo can do that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this rookie year, he led the Lakers in rebounds and assists. He'll probably never lead you in points, but he's a guy who can lead you in rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and give you like 15 points while doing that throughout it, throughout it, throughout the um, throughout the um entire series. So, you know, and also I like Ingram. I think that Ingram. When we talk about the Warriors, you know, even what I saw on Christmas, like Ingram is 16, like a seven foot wingspan. He's the one guy who I thought like I thought there were very few people in the league that could at least contest KD's shot and he actually be affected by it. I thought. Giannis could do it, Jonathan Ingram could do it, and I thought Brandon Ingram could do it. Everybody else, Trevor Reese as well, he can do it. Um, but for the most part, I don't think most people in the league can even really contest Kevin Durant's shot. He can just shoot over him. But with Ingram being the size he is, you know, kind of having like a same slender build, he's not as athletic. He's not as athletic as KD, but he's still nimble on his feet. He can move. I thought he was a guy that, you know, if you stick him on KD, he can guard KD. Also, he can get out and contest uh Clay shot. Who Clay is a pretty Clay is a pretty big shooting guard. Clay is a six seven shooting guard with a six ten wingspan. So Clay is bigger than most two guards for the most part. Like there's not that many six seven two guards. Clay really should be playing small forward. Honestly, there's not that many six seven two guards. Like Harden, Harden's like six four. Um, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal's like six five. Uh, C J McCollum, he's six three. Jimmy Butler, I think he's about six 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 five. Uh, who else is there? Devin Booker, he's like six five. Um, so again, Clay is one of the bigger shooting guards in the league. But when they were playing, they but when the Lakers had their star lineup of Lonzo, Ingram, Bron, Kuzma, Javale, Ingram was actually playing two guards. So Ingram would have been the biggest two guard in the league at that point in time. So if he's on Clay and he puts a hand up and he contests his shot, 
he probably can't even, you know, Clay probably can't even see the rim. So again, throughout this whole year, you know, through the uh, like all the old uh, AD trade talks, I was against it. I was like, you know what? I'm not rocking with the AD trade. I don't think you need to make it. I don't see how AD beats you the Warriors. I felt that trading away guys like Lonzo, trading away guys like Ingram actually doesn't help you beat the Warriors more than AD would. Because the thing I say about the Warriors is you will never outscore them. If you try to outscore them, you've lost already. The Raptors, they don't really try to outscore them. They just, like, defend them. I think the way to beat the Warriors is defense. So I think you will be compromising your defense, perimeter defense at least, by bringing in Anthony Davis if you would have traded all away, traded away all of your young pieces last year. But around about, I want to say, 7 o'clock, uh, you know, uh, June, what, it, what, what would it be, June 11th, that all changed when I saw KD go down and has been, you know, found out he has an Achilles tear. I think the Lakers should do everything they possibly can to go get Anthony Davis. Um, you know, I see the trade talks today, like Boston's getting in, the Lakers are getting in. But I think the Lakers will be making a huge mistake if they did not go get Anthony Davis. They have to go get Anthony Davis. Um, I don't think that I heard that they were trying to keep Kyle Kuzma out of the trade package. I think that between Kuzma and Lonzo, between Kuzma, Lonzo, and Ingram, right, if you get Anthony Davis right now, right, because the Warriors, because Kevin Durant is compromised, you know, because he's compromised with the Achilles, and even if he does, you know, resign with the Warriors, which that's like $50 million. If he takes the Supermax, that's $50 million in dead cap. If he takes the player option, that's what I think is what, $37 million in dead cap, right? Okay, cool. So like I said, Clay's going to get a max. Steph is already on that $200 million contract, right? They're, I'm assuming they will probably want to pay Looney. I don't think at this point you can pay Looney. That's even more than a luxury tax. They they can't keep Boogie. Most likely somebody's going to offer Boogie at least some money just to, probably just to get. Somebody's going to see what Boogie did in these playoffs, uh, especially like the uh, game he had in game five, the game he had in uh, game two, I think it was, and offer Boogie some money. Somebody's going to offer Boogie at least, I want to say, $70 million, which which the Warriors can't do. And, again, I think somebody's going to think, you know what, you got hurt twice last year. It's not your fault. We can bring you in. You can be a guy who can give us, at not, at at the very least, 18 and 10, a double-double. It's possibly a couple all-star appearances. Plus, I think that also with KD's injury, it's going to be a lot of money left left still around. For instance, like the Knicks. Um, I don't think, like, I don't think – KD goes to the Knicks anymore. Like, I think that, for one, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he would be losing money by leaving the Warriors. I think that, granted, I don't know. I don't know KD. I have no inside information. But just thinking from a business standpoint, I would think that KD sees his own basketball mortality. And I would think that he wants to uh, get the most money right now. And the most money is the Warriors, the five years, 20, 20, uh, $225 million. So I think that he stays there. I think that New York honestly ends up having a whole bunch of just left over, but they got like seventy million in cap space. I think you can see a situation in which Boogie ends up in New Orleans, or Boogie ends up in Net, or Boogie ends up with the Mac. I think wherever, wherever those teams who are looking for a free agent and they strike out on those big free agents, or those big free agents aren't willing to come there, I think then that's when the guys like Middleton, the guys like Boogie, the guys like Vucevic, the guys uh like. Tobias Harris, I think that that's when you see those guys, you know, start to sign. But I thought that, just like everyone was saying, KD was going to be the first domino to fall. KD is already falling. KD is compromised. Compromised at this point. So I think that players are going to start making their own decisions. So with that being said, I don't think the Warriors will be able to retain Boogie, but I do think that they retain KD, uh, Clay as well, um, and probably Looney. So they're not really going to have room to build a bench, right? Okay, cool. I don't think that if KD... Is compromised and he can't play. I don't think that the Warriors have enough 
to be able to get through the Western Conference, even if they do win this year. Once again, next year, I could be wrong, but I don't think they win. Now you got to think that's what five, six straight finals, trip for a group. At some point, attrition has to settle in. Um, you know, even you look at Draymond's, you know, waiting, uh, whatever, throughout the beginning of the year. It's not like it was now. Injury set in. Steph isn't the most durable guy ever. Uh, you know, uh, even if Sean Livingston is there, Livingston's a year older, Iggy's a year older. Uh, um, who else is there? Uh, Bogus probably not there next year. Uh, so you, you, you like your bench is probably even going to be worse than it was this year, next year, because you're not going to have any money, right? So in comes the Lakers, right? Kuzma, I think Kuzma can go because right now, from what I see, if Kuzma isn't scoring 20 points, he isn't helping you win. I don't think he's a great rebounder. He's getting better with his passing, but he's not a great playmaker. He's not a great defender. Kuzma, the way he sways the game right now is to score me. I don't know. I think Kuzma reminds me of like an Antoine Jameson kind of type guy. Best case scenario. I rock with Antoine Jameson, but same thing with Antoine. Like if Antoine ain't giving you like 20 points, how much did Antoine Jameson really help you win a basketball game? I think that the best game Brandon Ingram played this year was actually the game in Oklahoma City when he had a triple-double. I think he hit, like, one shot, but he had, like, ten free throws or eight free throws. Had, like, a triple-double. It was, like, a 10-10-10 game um, against Oklahoma City. I'm not sure if they won that won or lost that game, but I do know that it was in Oklahoma City. I can't remember. Um, but I think that's the best game he played. Ingram is a guy where he could score nine points, but Ingram still helps you win that basketball game. Same with Lonzo. So I think that... When other teams look around, they probably think Ingram is like the centerpiece. So Ingram has to be involved in any trade, which I'm fine with if I'm getting back Anthony Davis. But I think that Lonzo is untradeable, me personally. Um, you know, they uh, I guess every for some reports came out that said they're trying to keep Kuzma out the trade packages. But I think that Kuzma is tradable. I think Lonzo is untradeable. I think you offer to pick Kuzma, Ingram, and whatever else you got to offer to go get Anthony Davis. Reason being is, like, I think that you have a real chance. Before, I was like, you know what, work with the young guys. Because, again, I think the way to beat the Warriors is perimeter defense, obviously, because, you know, um, uh, uh, of the shooters that they have. So I was thinking, like, okay, well, if you do that, your perimeter defense might be somewhat compromised. But because you also have KD down there, who's also a seven-footer, who, you know, can mix it up in the paint if he wants. He's honestly – KD is probably – on some nights, their best defender. He's not always their best defender, but even if you look at game five, it was the minutes he was out there. He was their best defender. He was their best rim protector, their best rebounder, their best everything on the team was Kevin Durant, right? Okay, cool. So he's gone now. He's gone for a year of basketball, right? LeBron's only getting older, right? So if I can retain Lonzo Ball and I can keep and I can go out there and get Anthony Davis for like the number four pick, Ingram, let's say Kuzma. And I don't know, something else. Maybe throw in Hart if I absolutely need to. I would want to keep Hart. But if I need to throw in Hart, I'm fine with throwing in Hart. Or they want to bring in the third team. If we could figure out a way to work that in. So, you know, whatever. Regardless. I think that eight, the Lakers need to do everything they possibly can to get Anthony Davis. Pair him with LeBron. Keep Lonzo. And then with the rest of your money, just go fill out the rest of the roster. I think the Lakers are in, are in a situation where realistically, like, I think when Bron saw KD go down, his first thought was, fuck, like, that sucks for Kevin Durant. And then I think his second thought, 10 minutes later, was like, yo, we really got a real championship window. 
I think that next year in the Western Conference will kind of look like the Eastern Conference uh, when Michael Jordan retired. I think that's how you'll see well, the uh, first time he retired. I think that that's how you'll see the Eastern Conference look. Well, no, actually, I see the second time he retired because the second time he retired, there was no real team set up to take the mantle. Like, I mean, the lockout year happened and the Knicks randomly wound up there. And then you think the Pacers, like the Pacers might go on a run, but then like they wind up there. Then the Sixers wind up there. Then the Nets wind up there twice. Then the Pistons. Then there was really no dominant team again. I mean, the Celtics got there twice. And then the next dominant team was LeBron. LeBron was the only other dominant presence in the Eastern Conference after Michael Jordan left. And that took, what, 12 years? So I think that you're in a situation with Kevin Durant going down. You don't know if he's ever going to be the same. Kevin Kevin Durant might be forever compromised. Now, granted, I think that he'll still be good. I think he can still give you 24, 25 points. I think he'll still be an all-star. But I don't know if you'll ever see KD, KD again. And if you can't see KD, KD again, that leaves a small championship window for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that next year, right? Let's say if you get AD, pair him with LeBron, and you pair him with some other key role players. Let's say you pair him with a... Uh, 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 Jeremy Lamb, you pay him with the, uh, you know, you sign back Alice Caruso because I like Alice Caruso. Pay him with the Jeremy Lamb. I think they was talking about Marcus Morris. You pay him with the Marcus Morris. Um, you pair uh, that team with a, who else could you get that's on the market? Um, I think Courtney Lee might be a free agent. A Courtney Lee, a Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews would be a free agent. Bring him off the bench. Um, uh, Dwayne Dedman, you know, I think that would be a guy the Lakers would want to look at. Um, DeAndre Jordan, I think that would be a guy the Lakers want to look at. Maybe you could re-sign JaVale McGee, whatever. Like, regardless, I think that the Lakers are in a situation where if you get Anthony Davis, you don't need a a third star. I think you keep Lonzo. Um, you get you a two-guard. Like, really, the only thing I think the Lakers absolutely need is a two-guard. I don't think, even if they wanted to keep this roster, I wouldn't be upset at it. But I just think that the Lakers have, with KD going down, I think they have a real championship window, and I think that AD gives them the best advantage to um, to uh, walk through that championship window as soon as possible. I think that the other guys can maybe get you there in two, three years, but I think that if you pair AD and LeBron, they can get you that next year. AD, LeBron, and Lonzo, I think, can get you that next year as long as you make sure you have the other role players around them that can also do their job and be – the right supporting cast for those guys. I think really what you're seeing with the Raptors, which is why I think if the Raptors win, it'll be very interesting, is I think it might somewhat dead super teams. Not dead super teams, but I think you'll see more teams like go the let me build something route as in trying to put together the best collection of talent. I think Philly did that. It didn't necessarily work. Um, The Warriors did it. You know, it worked. I think the Thunder tried to do it, what, two years ago when they signed Melo and they – when they traded for Melo and traded for PG in the same summer, I think they tried to do it. I think you've seen a couple teams try to put together super teams. And what you see in the East, either way it came out, it was going to be teams that, uh, you know, were built. Like the Bucks were built. The Raptors were built. Um, so I think that if the Raptors win, you'll see that. So I think that trading for Anthony Davis and then just building around that core um, it's not like and, – and, and not using that cat room on a, you know, a, a, a Kyrie, a Kimball Walker, those type guys, but instead just going to get, you know, role players that can f- come in, fill a role, play a role, 
and um, be key for you in the playoffs. Because I think what you see in the playoffs a lot of times is it's not really the starters that win games for you. Because in most games, the starters play to a draw. Like the Raptors-Warriors series, right? In most times, in most games, the starters play to a draw. What really affects the game is those bench guys. Like when those bench guys start hooping, when, you know, Quinn Cook is making shots, when Livingston is making shots, when Looney is making, not even necessarily just making shots, but just making an impact. Like I think Quinn Cook had two of the biggest plays in the game in game five. Is that assist he had, I forgot it was to uh, who it was, and that um, three-point I think he had. I think those were some of the biggest plays besides Clay's threes and Clay's defense on Kawhi down the stretch in the game. Um, so those players all make, like, those role players are more what win you those games, those playoff games, those game fives, those game sixes, even those game sevens, than the stars. I usually expect the stars to play to a draw, but it's the rest of the team that wins you those games. So I think that if you could acquire Anthony Davis and, like, again, in, like, a trade for, like, Kuzma, Ingram, the fourth pick, pick somebody else, I think you do that. I think you must do that because I think with Braun, Braun's only getting older. I personally think Braun could possibly win MVP next year or at least be in the running for MVP next year. I think if AD comes to the Lakers, I think AD could be in the running for MVP next year. I think you could realistically have two MVP candidates on one team next year. And I think that if you get Braun and AD, they could beat the Rockets, they could beat the Warriors, they could beat the Blazers, they could beat the Nuggets. I give them a chance against anybody and anybody in the East. As long as they can stay moderately healthy, I give them a chance against any team in the league as long as they can feel the rest of the roster in. So, again, man, I think that um, for them it's imperative and it's like do or die time, man. Like, I like again, I was completely against it before. But when Kevin Durant went down, man, I think you got to look at, you know, you you, you, you got to like look around and realize, like, yo, we got a real, we got a real, real window. It may be only a one- to two-year window because you don't know what's going to happen after that. You know, you may have another team to come up. You may have an injury or whatever. But I think they got a real championship window. Um, I don't think Kevin Durant will play next season. Um, that being said, I don't know who the best team in the West is. I don't even know who has the best collection of talent if Kevin Durant doesn't play next year in the league. Because, again, KD is going to eat up so much dead cap if he stays with the Warriors, which I think he will because that's a smart business move. And they can offer him the most money. Um, he's going to eat up so much dead cap that, like, well, dead so much cap for them that they can't sign an adequate team. If you take a Lakers team with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lonzo Ball, and good, solid role players, they destroy this Warriors team. Like, they roll through this Warriors team, personally, I think. I think they roll through the car. I think they roll through Houston. Houston, they roll through everybody. I think the Blazers may be able to give them some go, but I don't think even that because... Nurk, like, I don't know if Nurk's going to be back. And I think that even for Nurk, it's going to take him two years to get back to who he was becoming. I think that when he got hurt, he was becoming that all-star level player. Maybe not an all-star every year, but that player that might make one or two all-star games at some point in time in his career if the Blazers can keep having consistent 51 seasons, like a Rich Smith type guy. Not saying that he's Rich Smith's. Not saying that he's not better than Rich Smith. Not saying that Rich Smith is better, but just that Rich Smith type guy who's a guy who made one or two all-star teams throughout his career, but mainly because he was a very good player on a consistent 50-win Indiana team. Um, so, again, I think the West will be wide open next year. I think they will be very well served to go get Anthony Davis. They cannot let Boston get him. They cannot let some other teams sneak in and get him. I think that would be incompetent management and just incompetent thinking from the Lakers as a whole. I think they have to go get Anthony Davis. Um, again, I was against it at first. I'm with it now. Um, 
And uh, yeah, man. Again, I, I don't. These will come whenever they come. It's not at a set time. Uh, they will come when they come. Um, those of you on YouTube will probably hear this in the morning because I'm not about to, uh, you know, um, stay up to put this up right now. But those of you on SoundCloud uh, will hear this immediately. I'm going to upload it right now. So it literally it might be out by 1 a.m. But again, man, for all you guys that tune in to Pavage Daily Hot Takes, I appreciate you guys. The new thing, again, I'm trying to uh, do it every day for you guys. If not every day, at least five, five uh, six times a week. But I'm going to aim for every day. Um, so, yeah, man, I wanted to the Lakers go get AD. So, yeah, Pavage Daily Hot Takes.